Hello, my praying people, and welcome to the Prayer Clinic Podcast. I'm so excited this week to introduce you to a new friend. Her name is Tracy Robbins. Tracy is a blogger out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, and uh, it was kind of fun. I found her just by Googling, you know, a question. I've become a, a Google uh, maestro, I feel like sometimes. And if I have a spiritual question, I just pretty much throw it up there to Google in the way that it is. And um, the answers sometimes will take me to some really great content on the internet. And sometimes I'm able to connect with and actually meet the person who wrote that content. And that's exactly what happened when I stumbled across Tracy's uh, website and her amazingly powerful blogging post and I just highly recommend it to to you and I've got her website written in the show notes today so enjoy this great interview with Tracy Robbins I'm certain that we'll have her back on the prayer clinic podcast in the future and um, but today's conversation has to do a whole lot with how powerful what a powerful discipline it is to pray God's word right back to him so enjoy this interview and this opportunity to meet Tracy Robbins Hello, my praying people. This is Leanne McCoy, and I'm so excited today to introduce you to my new friend, Tracy Robbins. And um, Tracy Robbins is the developer, the owner, the writer of a blog that I found on her website called Happy, Healthy, and Prosperous, which that in itself (laughs) sounds like a good place to be. But I want to read to you what she said in her about section, just to give you a quick intro, and then we're going to let her tell us herself about herself. But this is how she said it, and this is why I thought it would be great um, to be able to meet Tracy. And it is good to meet you today, Tracy, and to introduce her to you guys, our podcast audience. And so this is what she says. She says, hi, I'm Tracy Robbins. Welcome to Happy, Healthy, and Prosperous, a place where I share life skills for success to be happy, healthy, and prosperous, and how to practically apply God's word in everyday real life situations. And then Tracy, you went straight from that, which is great, to (laughs) warning us not to hang out with you if we were looking for an expert. And that was the part I really, really (laughs) loved. (laughs) So Tracy, thanks for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Leanne. I appreciate it. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about your family, about your, um, you know, what you do every day in your life, little hobbies, whatever. You just tell us a little bit about yourself so we can get to know you. Okay. Um, I am, I'm Tracy. I've been married to my husband, Eric. Uh, This will be, this December will be 23 years. So 22 years now. I have two kids. I've got a son who um, is 17 and a daughter who will be 15 next week. Oh, wow. So that's, that's interesting having some teenagers around and getting all kinds of new lessons from that. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I'm a college professor. I'm an adjunct professor at a local community college here in Oklahoma in the Tulsa area. And um, I also work uh, volunteer with, I have for several years, a women's local women's restoration home. I've done that for several years. Mm -hmm. I do my blog, uh, volunteer at a church. I've gone to my church for over 30 years where we've been grown up and just had a really good foundation, come from a really good, strong Christian family, grew up as a Christian. So that's great. 
Yay. Good stuff. So you're in Tulsa, Oklahoma. What is the, what do you do at this time of year in Tulsa, Oklahoma? Like it's early spring for you too. Is it still cold? It it was yesterday. It's up. We always say it's Oklahoma. We have had where it's up in the eighties one day and then snowing and the twenties the next. So Uh, my son plays baseball and last night we were at um, one of his baseball games and I'm in my heated, I have a heated stadium seat. So I'm in my heated, oh, that's heated good. stadium seat with my, my little stocking cap and my parka and, you know, oh hand warmers and, and today it's really nice. So <laughs> yeah, it just, I remember the Tennessee can be that way too. In fact, I think a lot of the nation can be that way at this time right. of year. Yes. And my daughters played softball. And I remember this early season of those outdoor sports. Yes. And but when I was sitting in those stadium seats, they didn't have heated stadium seats. <laughs> I bought it on Amazon. <laughs> that is good. I could have used some of that, but I do remember, I was remembering the other day about the, it was this great big woolly um, fellowship of Christian athletes blanket that oh. I would take with me every where I went and wrap up in it. And I remember one time literally watching the snowfall while they were still playing ball that day. It was ridiculous, but it's a fun, it's a, it's still, it's a fun season of life. And so with two teenagers and life, and so you have a lot of um, engagement and involvement, I'm sure for the, for like the behind the scenes of all those great blog posts that you have on your website. And I do want to share with people that if y'all want some good, solid meat, kind of content they need to to go and read your blogs because you've got them on so many different subjects you've got them organized in a really great way too yeah. but it's because of those blogs that i wanted to talk to you and we're going to talk a little bit about um just the subjects uh that you cover in them and so i wanted you to share with us first if you would um your passion for prayer and yeah. how that got cultivated in your life and maybe you could share with us how god um has answered some of your prayers Sure, sure. Um, there's so much. <laughs> okay, so, good. <laughs> I, I, again, I was raised in a in an excellent church, a really good, strong Christian family, Christian home, um, where you know we were taught prayer and we prayed over our meals. And I remember even when I was young, we we would do scripture memorization. And so my brothers, I think they might have been two years old, and we they would okay, you got to pray for dinner. And I still remember Proverbs 18, 10, because they would say that as our prayer. It was so funny. Oh. Uh, we would go to sit down and pray for dinner. And we would usually say, Lord, bless the food and, and all this. Uh-huh. And then my brothers would, I have twin brothers. And so they uh-huh. would sit down to pray and they would be like, the name of the Lord is the strong tower. The righteous run into it oh my. are safe. Amen. And that was the, <laughs> our prayer, the prayer for our food. So Wow, that is that's good. That's yeah, good. So we we were taught really young to pray. I, I don't know necessarily that that's a great, um, you know, scripture right prayer, blessing. Prayer for our food, but, <laughs> but we we were taught very young um, to to pray to pray scripture that prayer is powerful, and so that's always something that's really stuck with me, and that I I believe very strongly is that prayer is um, really really powerful. And one of my favorite scriptures to kind of back that up is James um, five sixteen, where towards the end of that it says that um, prayer is powerful and effective. And I love looking up the the different translations and different versions of that, because some of them say it produces wonderful results or it's um, dynamic and it's working, it's active, it's powerful. So I've always just seen prayer as something that's really, really powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I knew part of that. And then in addition to that, it's just, to me, it's just kind of my normal relationship with God. I I see prayer as like just talking. I, I wouldn't be able to have a relationship with my husband if I didn't talk to him every day on a regular basis. And so 
I kind of just see God as like this invisible friend that's walking beside me. I remember one time hearing somebody say, pray without ceasing. And so I literally pray without ceasing. I never say amen. I'm just walking through the day. And I'm like, Jesus, did you see that? <laughs> and I just want to pray. And some people probably think I'm crazy because I'm they think I'm talking to myself. And sometimes I pray in my head. Sometimes I pray out loud. But it's just, it. it's a relationship to me. And so it's always just been really important to to have and build that relationship I just like if I stopped talking to my husband that relationship wouldn't be there if I stopped praying right my relationship with God wouldn't be what it is so that's good it sounds like then your prayer life is very spontaneous and it's like uh, ongoing but what do you do when you sit down like to have your quiet time when you do that what is your prayer what does it look like in that time yeah sure so um I do have um, I remember listening. I like to listen to um, Beth Jones. She and her husband pastor a church in Michigan, and she had come and done a women's retreat at our church in Tulsa. Uh-huh. And she, I remember she did a series one time on prayer, and she said, um, ha- "You know, pray all the time, but have a time. Pray any place, mm-hmm. but have a place." And so I've always kind of taken that to heart. So I do pray a lot spontaneously, but I do have structured times of prayer as well. And like you mentioned, um, the start of my quiet times. A lot of time I do that. Um, I kind of go with that, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Mm-hmm. So I usually start with praise, playing a praise song, sometimes getting, you know, gratitude. I In my quiet time journal, I had put THX and I write something that I'm thankful for and answer yeah. prayer or something at the top of my quiet time journal. And in the front of my quiet time, I love journaling. I'm, I love, I'm a writer, so I love writing. Yeah. In the front of my quiet time book, I have a list of scriptures that I pray. I don't do it every time, but very pretty regularly. Um, you know, create in me a clean heart, oh God, renew it, right spirit within mm-hmm. me, search, you know, search me and point out any of my flaws and, and you know, anxious thoughts and, and things like that. Um, I pray that God would um, enlighten the eyes of my understanding, that he would give me an understanding of what I'm about to read. And so I just kind of have a list of scriptures that I pray before my quiet times too. And That's then if great. I, I do have specific situations or things to pray about. Um, I usually go to the word and find scriptures that have mm-hmm. to do with that situation. I find promises and then I have set times that I pray for those. I use the Bible app. Um, I like versions Bible app and mm-hmm. they have a wonderful um, section in that where you can actually put prayers in and then keep track of them where you can actually put prayed. So um, I, a lot of times I'll get some blog subscribers or readers that will send in prayer requests and I'll plug them in that. And so while I'm sitting there doing my quiet time and reading in my Bible app, um, I can actually just look through that and it's got the scripture right there that I can just pray with those prayers. So that's part of my quiet time prayer time too is praying for others and intercessory prayer. That's very cool. I didn't know that the Bible app had that. I've not found that yet on there. I need to, I need to go check that out. Do they have, um, do you find your own scripture to put with the prayers? Well, do, yes. of course you can search on there too because you yeah. can search with like keywords and that kind of thing sure so is that pretty much how you look for your prayer promises when you have a particular situation do you go searching like with the concordance or do you how does that work all of the above um, okay and I, honestly i have some favorite websites that i go to sometimes google there's uh Bible Hub is my yeah. most favorite, biblehub.com, because mm-hmm. I like to look at lots of different translations and kind of see the parallels mm-hmm. of all of that. Um, if I just re- go in Google and type scriptures about, and um, what well, recently I just had a few weeks ago, I had a reader send in a re- prayer requ- or a request for um, a prayer. He's like, I noticed you have a lot of you know scriptures for and prayer templates for, but I didn't see anything 
on survivors or victims of sexual abuse or trauma. And mm. his wife had struggled with that and it was affecting their marriage. And he had wanted me to um, see if I would come up with them like, okay, you know, challenge accepted. <laughs> and uh-huh. so I just did started doing a lot of research and we deal with that a lot at the women's home where I volunteer. So um, I, that's not something that I've personally ever struggled with. So I really wanted to do due do diligence and kind of be sensitive to that. So uh, I did go kind of Google some, I found some blogs, a lot of Joyce Meyer resources, since that's mm-hmm. something that she has personally um, dealt with in her past and overcome and has been restored from. Um, so yeah, I just, a lot of times we'll Google it. I think um, open, if I'm open Bible might be one, knowing Jesus mm-hmm. might be another website. But mm-hmm. a lot of times it'll just pull up a list of scriptures. Um, I A lot of times, even just on Bible Hub, if I find one scripture, they have cross references over at the side. And I just kind of use that as a starting point. Yeah. The other scriptures, I use my concordance. I do a search in the Bible app. So it's kind of a mix match of lots of different ways of doing it. And then I put it all together and, you know, have scriptures that I prefer, I save it. And then I'll do blog posts on them. And I have a whole page on my um, site where it says prayers for, and it's got yeah. a variety of prayers. That's what I love how you're organized like that. So it's really an, a dynamic site that you have because you can go and get those and then just right. be praying those things. And, you know, I had um, for a long time, because I believe prayer is so relational. And um, when I started pr- uh, teaching prayer conferences and whatnot, I steered away from list praying and from praying other people's prayers because I was like, how would you like, you don't go to your husband, I use same scenarios you're talking about with your husband and you sit down and you say, well, I have some things that I want to say to you today and, and go through a list. And so I was doing that, but I have learned, I've kind of transitioned a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like I've learned that sometimes, especially when you've got something that's really wearing your heart out, if somebody has written a prayer about that, or they have gone through it too, um, wow, how great it is when yeah. you just got no more words to say and you start just praying their prayers and it works like you can because they can put words to your heart and I feel like that's a part of what scripture does but let's why is it so powerful I mean to pray God's word back to him I I think because first of all it says prayer is powerful but we also know from scripture that God's word is powerful and is it yeah, Hebrews, where it says it's living and active and powerful. And yeah. so if you combine two powers together, you know, how there much you go. <laughs> what power do you have? But I, I think um, just prayer and scripture combined are powerful. Um, but I remember a, a sermon, my one my pastor, I found he's not our pastor anymore. His son's our pastor now. So he's our founding pastor. Okay. Um, did when I was very young and it's always stuck with me. And I like, I'm, I'm a little bit of a Bible nerd. I've never gone to seminary or done any kind of um, theology training, perf- formal training anyway, but uh-huh. I'm, I'm a professor. So I love doing research and things like that. So I like going back and I have a Greek um, and Hebrew study Bible and and I use um, the blue letter Bible. I use that a lot. I have the app and I use the website. So I like to go and find the actual um, language. And I'm, I'm a language person too. I, one of my bachelor's degrees is in French. So I just love language. I love the studies of language. And um, so I remember he talked about right after that scripture in Hebrews, um, it goes on to say, um, I've got it written down here. Just seeing that we have such a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our profession or hold fast to our profession. And he focused in on that word profession. And he said, if we go back to the Greek um, from that, since it's a New Testament, it's Greek and mm-hmm. so the Old Testament's Hebrew, New Testament's Greek. So we go to the Greek of that. 
and it was homologia. I'm not sure if I'm saying that completely correctly. It looks like homologio, but okay. <laughs> the actual pronunciation is like homologia, lagea, lagia. And uh -huh. that's basically a compound word, which homo um, is same, kind of like, you know, we homogenize milk, you know, you make it same, you put it all together. Uh -huh. So putting something together, um, it's homogenized, it's same, it means same. And then that log logeo or logia is, is word or same word. So he said, it's like, you're doing the same word. So when we hold fast mm -hmm. to our profession, we're holding fast to the same word, the same thing. We are saying the same thing when we speak scripture. We're saying the same thing that God says, and that's what makes it powerful. So, powerful. And so then it goes on further in Hebrews to say that we can boldly approach the throne of grace in a time of help. So if I'm told that scripture is alive and active and powerful, I'm supposed to hold fast to that same word as God mm -hmm. says, and then boldly approach his help to get help. That's what I do. And that's why I pray scripture. So that's something that really stuck with me is that I'm saying the same word. And then on top of that, I don't just pray that then I have to watch what my mouth is saying and make sure that my profession, what I'm saying after I've prayed and as I'm thanking God for the answer before I receive it, that I'm saying the same thing that God says, that same word. I think it goes on even into Romans um, and says that let us hold fast to our profession of faith without wavering. So that's that same word, that profession, that homologeo to hold fast to that same word, what God's saying. You say what God says. That is, I mean, like just that, that's some, that's a good, powerful teaching right there, girl, right there, because like, well, not only, <laughs> and well, and what I'm hearing is, and, and of course I absolutely totally hundred percent agree with praying God's word. Like you can't go wrong. It's just, this is his word. And he also tells us in Jeremiah 1 12, that he watches over his word to perform it. Right. And so, you know, when you're praying his word, he cannot not keep his word. And right. if he's given it to you. And so I think a, a key and is you know, return void. <laughs> right. And it doesn't return void. It accomplishes what, but what's so powerful. I love what you just made a point of is not only, you know, in that prayer moment when you're really pressing in and the Holy Spirit's there and y'all are in cahoots with each other and you're praying, but when you get up from that prayer moment and something happens that's contrary, like sometimes direct contrast to what you just right. prayed, instead of, of going, oh, for goodness sake, blah, 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 and letting all this not faith come out of your mouth, you need to hold fast to your profession. Correct. You need to say the same word after you're not praying that you were saying when you were praying. Exactly. And I think that's where, that's a real kicker i think we need to really pay attention to what's coming out of our mouths when we're not praying and right. making sure that aligns with what we did pray that's that's powerful well and that's been a huge conviction i only say that from personal experience because i've gotten a few little hand slaps from the holy spirit myself yeah, <laughs> yeah. i'll pray about something and i'm like nah, 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 you know yeah. about it. and i've even been frustrated about something at one point um I don't even remember what it was. I think it was a person that was just, you know, going on at the mouth. And I just said, God, like, like you did in the lion's den, I pray that you bind this person's mouth shut, that they wouldn't cause strife and trouble and problems anymore. And mm -hmm. then at one point I was talking and this person wouldn't talk. And I was so frustrated. And I was just like, God, they're not talking. He's like, well, you which asked for me to bind her mouth shut. What do you want? <laughs> That's good. Which way do you want it? That's good. But good. He reminded you of that too. You're like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I have to watch what I say. You know, I'm like, I don't yeah. want to go back and take away something. You know, if I'm praying for restoration, mm -hmm. then I don't want to then go and start complaining like, oh, it's never yeah. going to happen. And, and kind right. of what I just prayed for. Right. Right. That is, that's good. 
That's powerful. Well, tell us about, do you have an example of a time when God answered a prayer that where you were praying scripture and God like delivered an yes, answer? I, I have so many. I, I knew you were going to ask that. And so yeah. I, I had a couple of examples written down. I've got like big ones and small ones. I do uh -huh. you want me to start with small ones or my biggest big one. Cause start I, with I, small and let us work up to the biggest big. Okay. That's good. Um, so some small ones, um, so one, one in particular, I remember it's a variety of things like losing car keys, even to like yeah. financial provision. And I think there was one time I remember, and I don't remember what it was for because this was many, many years ago, but we needed $2,000. And so I was praying scripture, you know, that, that God is the supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. And we know that, you know, this, you're the provider, you're the supplier. So I was specifically praying that verse. Sometimes I'll pray more than one verse. Sometimes I just need one verse. Um, but we prayed that verse and we were sowing some seed into at our church at that time, which was a struggle. And like, this could go towards that $2,000 that we need to pay. But yeah, just, we prayed about it. We believed that God was our source and our provider. Um, and we didn't know how it was going to come. And my husband unexpectedly got a bonus after taxes were taken out, it was $1,999 and some change. Oh. So, <laughs> I was like, pretty, pretty exact. I'm like, okay, he's showing off a little bit. Yeah, that's and good. There was another time. Um, well, this one's a little bigger. I had, I was told when I was younger, I probably would never be able to have children. And I, again, I grew up in a good Christian home, Christian family. And I would just go, no that's not going to happen. Like I, I, my God's better than that. And yeah. so I remembered reading some of the same scriptures about Hannah yeah. and Hannah not being able to, to gain, get pregnant. And, and she said, I prayed for this child and the Lord has granted me what I asked. So I would say, I, I'm praying for this child and I know you'll grant me what I ask. And then I would believe that I would get pregnant. I yeah. had my son, um, in between my son and my daughter, I did have a miscarriage. And so we were just believing after that point that um, we would be able to have another child and that I, I just kept saying happy, healthy baby. This was before all happy, healthy, prosperous came into play. But I just would say, Lord, I, I'm praying for this child and I know that you, you will give us what our heart's desires are for submitted to you. And this is a heart's desire that I have. And so I would just pray and I would lay my hands on my belly and say, I have a happy, healthy baby growing inside of me in Jesus name. And, and just through all that whole process, um, she was born. Oh, and that I had a cesarean with my son. So I was able uh -huh. to have, that it was a strong desire that I had. I wanted to have a normal, if you will, yeah. not that cesarean is not normal, but uh, yeah. a regular delivery. And so I was able, I have one of the only doctors um, that have a special insurance in Tulsa to do a VBAC. Yeah. Um, and so I was able to do that with her. She was born, no problems. Uh, I had a lot of problems when my son was born, um, but with her, no problems. Um, she even had the cord was wrapped around her neck and she had the cord in a knot. And the doctors were like, this baby really shouldn't have survived. Wow. This is amazing. So that was an answered prayer. Um, yeah. I had a car accident uh, one time. And so we just started looking at scriptures and saying, I am surrounded with favor as with the shield. I'm blessed wherever I go. I favor people that have favor with God. I have favor with the insurance companies. I have favor, you know, and so we're just confessing favor and, and praying about this and, and, and just praying back that, because I felt strongly that that was um, something that the devil had stolen from us. So we were, you know, quoting John 10, 10 and saying that yeah. we, who the thief is and Proverbs six says, if you know the, who the thief is, he has to restore what he stole up to six right. times. And so um, praying that, praying for restoration of our car 
And uh, long story short on that one, um, my husband had a guy from work call and he's like, haven't you been, oh, one of the things we were praying for too was the process would be easy because you know, car buying is not, yeah. and it's a long drawn out process. Well, he saw uh, the exact same car and I was very specific at what, what kind of car I wanted. He saw the exact same car that we were looking for in a repo lot. And so my husband called the credit union and they're like, yeah, we'll sell it to you. We did it like in a matter of hours. It was a newer car, less miles, had more like bells and whistles on it. We got it for less money and mm-hmm. um, it was just a better deal all around. <laughs> and so that, that was another example. And then probably my biggest example is my marriage. And so ooh, I'm going to tear up on this one. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> I just love, I'm like hanging on because I'm like, those were your little ones. Okay. I'm yeah, ready. Well, I mean, I could have done to, to me little compared to my marriage, because this one is the, the big, to me, the most important and the most hard fought for, I think. Yeah. And it was, it was years, years and years fighting for this, but um, this has been over 10 years ago, but we, and I'm not at liberty to share a lot of the, the details because it's not just my story, but um, we, we had a very, very, very broken marriage to the point that we were separated. Um, my kids were very young, toddler age, a um, little bit older than that, a little, I think. Um, so uh, my husband had moved out. He had filed for divorce. So we had divorce papers in the works. And I was just really praying and believing that God could restore my marriage. And I pulled up a list of scriptures. I still have the scriptures that I was praying and believing they're on my mirror (laughs) because I believe in like writing it out on index cards or posting it and, you know, on my dash in my car or on my cabinets or on my microwave or wherever I go, I want to see it in front of me all the time. And so I still have the same exact scripture cards that I was praying over 10 years ago. They're still on my bathroom mirror taped up. They're probably permanently there now. because of that double-sided tape but yeah. um and they're all curled up from my windex cleaning yeah. <laughs> you know, they're all curled and stuff but um one of them I had written down was Jeremiah 31 17 that says there is hope for your future says the Lord uh, a big one was Isaiah 43 18 and 19 that says um, the Lord says to forget about what happened before and do not think about the past look at the new thing I'm going to do it is happening already don't, don't you see it I will make a road in the desert and rivers in dry land um, and then in Revelation 21, 6, behold, I'm making all things new. Uh, Psalm 27, I will remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That means now, not just when I go to heaven now. Right. And, um, and then Exodus 14, 14, where it says the Lord will fight for you. You shall hold your peace and remain at rest because I felt this like pressure that I had to do something. And God was like, right. you, you let me handle this. And so the new thing, the new thing, all things new kept standing out. And I remember, um, I was doing a Bible study. My kids were at a preschool uh, at a church at the time, and they had a women's Bible study. And I was just so broken. I'm like, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll... So I went and did this Bible study. And I think it was a Beth Moore Bible study on Revelation, which is kind of deep for, you know, when you're going through a hard time. And, and it's Beth Moore mm-hmm. study. So those are always, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of work too. But there was one part that stuck out to me the most. And she talked about that scripture in Revelation where it says he's talking about the earth and he's going to make it new earth. He's like, I'm making all things new. And she just kind of haphazardly said in the video that I was watching, I love that he said he's making all things new and not all new things. And then I don't remember any of the rest of the lesson because kind of what was downloaded into my spirit at that moment was I don't need a new marriage. God can take yeah. the marriage I already have and make it new. 
Right. So I really believe firmly in my spirit that God would restore my marriage. And so I just stood on faith and I just believed these scriptures, all new things, all new things um, to, the, you know, past the point of that we're getting divorced. I'm like, okay, well, I believe that God will restore my marriage. So that must mean that even if we get divorced, that we'll get remarried again. And my chiropractor, that had actually just happened. So I thought, well, that happened. And then Abraham, it says in um, Hebrews that when he thought that Isaac was going to die, that God would have resurrected him. So I'm like, if he can do that for him, he can do it for me with my marriage. He can resurrect. So even if we get divorced, that all hope is not lost. That's fine. And so I was just kind of having the faith that, um, that God was going to restore it because I firmly believe that God gave me these scriptures and I didn't go look these up. These were things that I prayed about. And I felt like that's another way, I guess I get scripture instead of just Googling, I'll just say, God, what scripture do you mm -hmm. want me to focus on or stand on? And so mm -hmm. that all things new, and I'm going to do a new thing. Um, we're really big. There's hope in my future and, and, you know, what God has put together, let no man put us under. Those were all mm -hmm. things that I was really standing on. Mm -hmm. And, um, eventually we didn't get divorced. We, on a uh, 4th of July, we, I think it was the 4th of July of the next year, we set the, the divorce papers on fire with fireworks. <laughs> <gasps> that is so great. <laughs> um, so we did that and, um, he, he did move back home. Eventually we got back into counseling. And so that that's kind of my big one. And yeah. there's still, you know, a lot of healing going on and, and some yeah. scars there and God's still doing a lot of work in that, but I have my marriage. We've been married 20, 22 years now. And wow. that didn't seem a possibility 10, 12 years ago. That's so. amazing. That is, that is incredible. And I love the, thank you for sharing it. Cause that's like, that's huge. That's big. And how God does that, as you were talking, I was thinking about the biggie in my life was, um, and I've talked about it a lot, but my daughter, when she left high school, she went and moved in with a boyfriend that we were not happy about. Like we were just hoping that we could get her off to college and that relationship would end. Yeah. And instead they got pregnant and she, you know, lived with him and that relationship became very um, violent. But from the time she first met him, God gave me Zephaniah 317 to pray over her, which is I will rejoice. I, I am the savior who's mighty to save. I will rejoice over you with dancing. And so I was like, okay, that's a good verse. God's going to rejoice over her with singing and dancing. Well, well, this relationship continued on and on and on for years. And one day I was at Ridgecrest Conference Center, in fact, and Beth Moore was there teaching that time. That's so funny. And I was having my quiet time before I had to get up to go teach my conference on, you know, praying with confidence or whatever it was. And I um, and in my quiet time, I felt like the spirit just very clearly said to me, Zephaniah 317 is not your verse anymore. Now you need to go over there to Ezekiel. And the Ezekiel passage, I'm not real good with the numbers, and I didn't know I would share this, so I didn't look it up. But it's the one that says, I'll take out your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And it also has in that passage, I'm not doing this because of you. I'm doing it because I am God, and this is what I do. And by that time in the relationship with her, I was kind of over it with how obstinate and how separated we were from each other and how it just didn't look like it was ever going to come about for her. But I was really now by this time praying for my granddaughters that were in it. And, um, but the verse, and when God sent me there, it was almost laughable. I was like, oh, like this, it, I mean, the other one I was having a hard time believing, but this one was like, 
Oh, oh, I cannot. But it was also laughable because I was like, okay, oh, okay, this is a good verse. And it made sense to me because he said, not because of you, but because of me. And the Lord was telling me, you keep looking at me and you hold me to my word. And so I began praying that Ezekiel passage that he would take out her heart of stone, give her a heart of flesh, that she was going to come back wholeheartedly. She'd be speaking forth. And over the course of time, she she has. And it's like, and even to this day, it's a very humble place to be. Just last night, she's leading Bible study. And um, it's Michael, my daughter, who's working with me and was setting up our interview and all this. And she, and, and when she sits there, my husband was texting me. He's like, how's it going? It's the first time she's ever led Bible study. And I was like, I don't even have words for this. It's just, uh-huh. you know, I just don't even, it's like God totally fulfilled A verse that I even had a hard time. I mean, honestly, the only reason I believed it was because God said it. That was it. That was all the faith that I had was, Lord, you're saying it because I'm not I'm not seeing it at all. Right. But that's what he does, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And it's funny because I got the same verse, but I love the new living translation of it because I was that was something I was praying I just kept thinking, God, why is this happening? And I would get like, he does one words all the time with me. And yeah. like, why is he acting like this? And I would get stubborn. And I'm like, mm. that's all I get is stubborn. So I'd look up all the verses on stubborn. And I'm like, yeah. but what am I supposed to do? And I'd get weight. And that, that was all I got would be weight. But that verse came up. Um, I will take out their stony, stubborn heart and put in a tender, responsive heart. I'm like, he does have a stony, stubborn heart. It does need to be tender and responsive. So I use that prayer a lot now for a lot of different people. That is <laughs> good. Included, myself included. Yes. So good. And that was probably me too. I was like, when it describes that person, I'm like, yes, this yeah. is her. So anyway, that is, that is great. But I love how God's word is, it is living and active. Yes. And, and we're, we're taking it to task when we apply it to our circumstances and our prayers. And, and it's not easy, you know, it's, uh, you know, because that waiting's hard and hanging on to it, but we, but he always comes through in the end, which is a great, not always in the way we expect, but he always comes through. No, that's true too. And I think the more we trust him, the more aware we can be of how he's working. And that's been one of the things I pray, like your verse out of Psalms, what was the reference about seeing the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living? Yeah, I think it was, um, is it like 28 something? Psalm 27, 13 and 14. 27, 13 and 14, Psalm 27, 13 and 14, because many times I prayed, that was an eight year prayer for me in that season of my life. And many times I, when you feel like you just can't make it, you're in the weight and you just can't, I would pray that prayer. And on that day, God would show me evidence of his goodness. Yeah. And I started really trying to discipline myself to look for evidence of God's goodness today. Like not, even if it's not the answer to my prayer, it's not maybe even progress toward the answer, but it's just evidence of his presence and his goodness and that. And he would always be faithful to do that. That was kind of like the strengthening, you know, for the, for the journey. That's good. All right. So we're kind of leading into this, but what hindrances have you encountered when you pray and how do you confront those? Yeah. I think you just named one of them is that waiting process. Um, and and one of the ways to overcome it is what, what you just said, that looking for the good, seeing God in the good. So gratitude has been huge um, in the waiting process. So instead of focusing on the negative, um, like in Philippians, it says, be anxious for nothing, 
present your request to God with thanksgiving. So be yeah. thankful, look for those things and then That's focus good. on those things that are good and noble and worthy of praise and lovely and, and all of those things that it says in Philippians 4. So um, focusing on the positive and not the negative and finding something to that's good and praiseworthy. So find something to be thankful about. Sometimes I would do this in reverse, which is probably not scriptural, but I would think about how things could be so much worse. And I'm thankful that I'm at least not that bad or at least not there. That's good. That's good. <laughs> so, so I would do that. Um, but I did hear this message, um, Pastor Stephen Furtick, this was, I think in like 2012. And I teach this a lot with the ladies at Glory House where I I do some volunteer work. We do, we go over this lesson a lot because they have a lot of waiting period. Miss Susie's our director at Glory House and she would call it going around the mountain. Time to go around the mountain again, go oh. around the mountain. Um, but it's just like a waiting process. And he did this sermon series um, way back when, like, like I said, about 10 years ago. Um, and he called it the waiting room. And mm. they had several different messages on that. And one in particular stood out where he compared, um, he used an analogy of like airplanes and airports. And there were three different aspects of that that's always helped me with the waiting process. Like if I've prayed for something and I'm not seeing the results yet, um, sometimes just changing my perspective a little bit can be helpful for that. And so one of the things that he talked about was that how airports have hubs. And it really mm -hmm. stood out to me because I remember one time I was going to go visit a friend that um, lived over on the East Coast and we wanted to mm -hmm. go to Washington, D.C., my flight kept wanting to take me to Denver. Well, Denver is west of Oklahoma and I wanted to go east of Oklahoma and that didn't make any sense to me. Right. We would go, go west to go east. It didn't make right. sense. But sometimes God does that, that he will take us in a direction that doesn't make any sense. And it might be because there's something over there that we need to do first or go first. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a rerouting of sorts, or we might be detouring around something. It might be some kind of uh, protection or something. So that, that hub, we may not always get a direct flight to mm -hmm. our answered prayer. Another example that he gave was the holding patterns that sometimes when an airplane comes in, if there's something going on on the ground or weather or something, they may have to circle a bit mm -hmm. in the air. And so there might be holding patterns. Um, and so that's kind of stood out to me um and with that kind of proverbs three five through six and most people know this trust in the lord with all your heart and not on your own understanding um but how that sometimes um when we're in a holding pattern it might be there's something that we can't see that's happening on the other side that he's trying to keep us from or maybe he still needs to do some work in us before we can land that plane or maybe it, we're fine. We're doing everything that we need to do, but maybe he's doing some work in somebody else and somebody else is the holdup or some other situation is yeah. the holdup. And, and because of free will, you know, there, there are, there's only right. so much that, that God can do. And so right. um, that there's that. And then the last example that he gave um, in that message was, you know, how there's like the international dateline where you can cross it and it's like the next day or whatever he said in God's world, there's like a supernatural dateline where um, God's God's already in your future. He can see things that we can't see. We don't know what's in the future, but he does. And so we think it needs to be this time, this certain way, you know, but God, we can't see that far. God can. Yeah. And so, because he's across the supernatural dateline. Right. And so it might be a waiting time because of that. So that has, that message um, really, good. really helped me to kind of maintain perspective when I'm not mm -hmm. in the prayer when I, when I want to get it, um, or when in my timing, um, mm -hmm. I think my expectations 
is another hindrance um, when when I don't when God's not answering the prayer the way I want or the way I think yep. He should. Or sometimes I get over spiritual and I treat prayer and using scriptures like a formula, like yep. okay, A plus B equals C. So if I say I have favor and I want this raise and well, I'm surrounded with favor with the shield. I should get this raise. And then if I don't get that raise, then God didn't answer my prayer. Well, that's not necessarily true. Um, so it might just be something different. It's not a formula. God's not a vending machine. He's not our sugar daddy. So yeah. we just, we need to, to keep that in mind. And so mm -hmm. kind of some ways that I would kind of confront or combat that hindrance, um, is just recognizing first, I was on our prayer team at church for several years before I started, I had to stop that to start working with our youth um, because it was <laughs> on the same night. It was on Wednesday night that we did our prayer team. Mm -hmm. But I remember like freaking out, like, oh my gosh, what if I mess people up? What if I don't say the right, that formula? What if I don't say the mm -hmm. right verse when I'm praying for them? What if I don't say the right thing? And I was very, very humbled when, when God told me, you're not the one doing it anyway. You know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> you're answering their prayer. You're not the one doing it anyway. And so I kind of was, you know, knocked off my little pedestal a little bit. Okay. It's, it's not me. It's not the right scriptures, the right things. And, and God can turn everything in into good. Even if I don't say what would have been a really good thing to say, God's still going to use that. And he's going to honor that. He's a good God. And so kind of shifting my expectations and the fact that it's not it's not me anyway it's him right and then um remembering that he's he's god and i'm not and yeah um i i put uh oh that i can still get vulnerable with him so if it's not going the way i think it should i can still talk to him about that and mm -hmm. sometimes i'll just have little pity parties with god and just tell him about it like I thought you were going to do this. I thought you were a good God. And, and I just, I just let it out. And we've yeah. talked about this in my women's small group, um, where it's okay to yell at God sometimes, <laughs> like yeah. you can go back and fix it, but just read through the Psalms. David did it all the time. So I, I did, David, right. he was a man after God's own heart. So if he can do it, then I can do it. That's right. But he always picked himself back up and encouraged himself, um, after he did it. But it, I think it's okay to be vulnerable with God and just, if things aren't going the way you want or the way you expect, or if your prayers aren't being answered um, the way you saw in your mind, just to, mm -hmm. to be honest with God about it and be vulnerable with God. And, mm -hmm. and I think that he'll honor that and, um, and kind of show you the, the goodness or maybe even just comfort your heart in some way. And yeah. if we kind of pair that with the gratitude of still seeing the good things and focusing on the good, that, that yeah. in that perspective. Uh, and then I think another hindrance that we talked about already was just watching what I say, watching the words that come out of yeah. my mouth and that so, I'm not going back and saying the opposite of what I just prayed about. Yeah, that is so good. So good. Goodness. <laughs> well, Tracy, I could talk to you like all day. In fact, the whole time I'm talking, I'm thinking we need to do this again because you and I both know we've got a few more things on there, but I think we yeah. we have filled up our listeners like bucket today. And so we're going to come back around and talk about some of these other things because any of these things we could even take off with and talk about more. I um, so many things, but Thank you so much for being with us today and right off from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I'm so glad that you shared with our, our people about prayer and about the hindrances to prayer and about the power of praying God's word. I, I get so excited because, um, 
I think God is eager to demonstrate just who he is, his power and his love. And I feel like he, he loves to do that on the platform of our lives. Yes. And so when we, his children that we know we're dearly loved. And when we gird ourselves up, like you're talking about with the double power, you're praying because that's what he's invited you to do. And you're praying his word because that's how he's invited you to pray. And then he's going to answer. And when we're able to walk with him faithfully while we're waiting, and then also shout joyfully when he answers so that people can know. And I thank you also for sharing those answered prayers that you've experienced. And we want to do that more and more too. So would you mind just praying for us as we close out? Sure, absolutely. Thank okay, you. thanks. Lord, I thank you so much for this time with Leanne and this time together. I thank you for her ministry. Um, I thank you for my ministry that we're able to talk and to share and to to fellowship about these things. I just pray that um, these are the right words at the right time for the right people, that you would bring whoever needs to hear these words in this message, um, to listen to it, to hear it, and that it wouldn't, that it would be prosperous. Your word doesn't return void. And so I just pray that it would set out to accomplish what you meant this to accomplish. I thank you for favor over this message. I thank you for blessing and favor over the people that will listen to it and that will continue to um, reap a great harvest from the seeds that we've sown today and from our conversation. I pray that you bless us moving forward and protect the rest of our week. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. 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 And let me one more thing with you so people can catch up with you and kind of follow you at happyhealthyandprosperous.com. Correct. That's okay. That's it. Happy, <laughs> healthy, and prosperous. And from this point forward, we're going to be thinking about that happy, healthy baby that you had. <laughs> yeah. I love happy, it. Healthy teenagers right now. Hey, yeah, boy. I need to heavily emphasis the, the happy part in positive profession, that professional. <laughs> Right. And, and the beauty of it is for those of us that dealt with infertility, God gets to remind us of that as life goes on. He's like, you're the one who begged for these babies. And That's here they right. are. Oh, thank you for that reminder. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thanks, Tracy. Thank you, Leanne. I appreciate it. And there you have it, my friends. Aren't you glad that you got to meet Tracy? What a joy it was to spend this time with her. And as you can as you can tell, we are certainly kindred spirits. And I know that you are with us as well. And so we will have Tracy back again in the future for another interview. And um, between now and then, I want to encourage you to just continue believing God's word, believing his and trusting his character, take him at his word and trust him to do what he says that he will do. I want you also to know that um, we're moving into April and this month will be our open house at Thompson Station Church in Thompson Station, Tennessee, where we invite you to come and join us on a Sunday morning. It'll be Sunday morning, April 24th to participate in our prayer clinic ministries open house. During the open house, you'll get to meet our prayer clinic team. You'll get to participate in the work that we do on Sunday mornings. You'll get, I'll meet with you. You'll get to uh, meet my husband. He'll come and, and chat with you a little bit. We provide breakfast and lunch and um, also a great time of worship with our congregation. So anyway, just want to give you the heads up to join us at the prayer clinic open house. We'll 
put a link in the show notes for you to be able to click on there and sign up right away. You don't want to miss this. And I also want you to know if you are, live far, far away, like in Australia, I know some of you live there because you've told me you've listened to the podcast before. If you live that far away, we're actually releasing our virtual open house as well. And so you can get somewhat of the same experience you have in Thompson Station with us. You can get that virtually online. And so with the... um, the posting of this podcast, we will put also um, a link to our virtual open house. Or you know what? I'm thinking about the timing of that. And we might have to send you an email with the link to our virtual open house. But follow us on Facebook, Instagram, all the places. And we will be getting that link out for our virtual open house as well. As we are right on the very edge of releasing that. And giving you the opportunity to learn more about the prayer clinic ministry. Um, from the comfort of your own home and in your own place. So all that said to just uh, remind you that Jesus wants his churches to be houses of prayer. And through this very simple, easy to implement ministry, we are able to make that happen in our churches. And I'm eager to share that with you. Um, And that's it for this week. We look forward to talking with you again next week at the Prayer Clinic Podcast. Be sure to share this podcast with anyone you think would be encouraged by what we've talked about today.